Indie Media. Okay, probably the, the easy explanation of this is that uh, me and other uh, comrades here in Catalonia, we we were studying Murray Bookshin for some years, and we were very interested in the theories of uh, libertarian municipalism and, and ecologism and so on. And uh, also, maybe as you know, here in Catalonia, the nationalist movement right now, the nationalist issue is very on the table. And uh, a lot of people from the left uh, parties and groups are supporting the, the idea of creating a Catalan state. And we, we are kind of uh, in another position and when we we heard for the first time that in a, there was a place in in Middle East where they were trying to put in practice uh, another way of understanding uh, the organization of a, a society, and they were uh, breaking with the idea of uh, creating a state, even though they came from uh, uh, communist and nationalist um ideas and at, at the beginning they they wanted a state we were very interested in this because uh, we thought and we still think that we need another strategy for the catalan issue here and also for fighting against the the states and we really think creating a known state is not the solution to to be uh, outside of the oppression of a state so yeah, we started some years ago. We started to investigate about uh, Kurdistan, about the democratic confederalism, the ideas of Ojalan, and so on. And and what we found is that even though there was kind of a lot of stuff uh, written, we couldn't understand many of the things they were talking about. No, they they uh, a lot of texts talking about these uh, popular assemblies and the organization of the women and so on but not very maybe not very um, was kind of superficial sometimes information or not it was difficult to imagine how it really was on in the praxis so uh, finally a friend a comrade and me we decided that we wanted to to go there and see with our own eyes how, how are they doing this this organization this revolution that and first um well, just um, maybe to put in context, we come yeah, from the libertarian movement in Catalonia. We are uh, building up uh, commune, communes and uh, we are doing self-management uh, projects and production and, and so on. So we, we also are creating some assemblies in the uh, villages and in the neighborhoods. So we wanted to, to have uh, an, a big inspiration, something like this. So first we went, we went to uh, Bakur, which is a region of uh, Kurdistan that is in, in Turkey. Bakur means north. No? And, and we were there mainly in the city that is called uh, Diyarbakir in Turkish. And, and there it was uh, just after the declaration of self-autonomy that many cities and neighborhoods in Turkey did. And and it was not in the very in the moment that they are right now because in fact the places that we were in in Bakur now many of them uh, have been like uh, how do you say yeah oh? 
demolished. Like uh, uh, Turkey has done a lot of uh, repression there. No? But when we were there, it was like the month before all this stuff started, and we could we spend a lot of time there in the in a neighborhood that it's uh, it's called Sur in Diyarbakir, and there. It was one of these uh, neighborhoods where they did the self-autonomy declaration, and it was very interesting. They, uh, it, it's one of these places that is traditionally um, controlled somehow by the Kurds, and where they really have a lot of resistance, and and they they really have uh, this kind of uh, autonomy, no? In the sense that it's a place where people never have they have never used the the, the institutions of the state. Uh, the police or, or the tribunals and so on. Uh, the Kurdish people in these places they ne they have never recognized the uh, legitimacy. How would you say in English? Is it like this? Uh, like the power of this institution? So uh, we we were there like one month and a half. And while we were there, many people told us what you have to do is go to Rojava because there is where you will really see how. How is in practice in practice what we want to create here in also in Turkey? So during our trip there, we did a lot of contacts and we met a lot of people. Sometimes somehow it's kind of difficult there the communication because not many people speak English. So the people the Kurdish that can speak English they are really busy. And but we met some very nice people that they really helped us a lot. Looking at the the Okalan movement because it's it's one of the things that I guess uh, a lot of comrades here and around the world are, are predominantly interested in is that this is one I guess uh, ex experiment in uh, libertarian socialism or anarchism or whatever whatever you really want to call it. Once you got to Rojava, you could, I guess, really see with your own eyes how it was functioning. And although it is quite a difficult situation with the ongoing war and so forth, what was your experience of the, the I guess, the politics and the on-the-ground uh, assemblies and organizing? And, uh, you know, how did you feel about it in terms of, was it living up to the ideals? Maybe the, the two more in, things that impacted me more was, on the one hand, it was that uh, everything is very militarized, no? and every people there, every person there owns a, a gun or something like this. And and then that in every neighborhood or in every place you go, there are, uh, uh, how would you say, like, um, not institutions, but buildings of, for example, the in we were visiting a lot the the assemblies or of the neighborhood where we were living, and there you could that they they call maybe you know more or less no, but the thing is that they have this communes uh, they call it like this, and it, this is basically a house in the neighborhood where you can go to solve any problem that you have in your normal life. No, for example, in the communes we were visiting, they had different committees in them and that are basic for life, like a health committee, women's committee, self-defense committee, so the situation there, a kind of logistic committee. For example, if you have some problem in your house, something is break or something like this, you can go there and there is somebody who helps you. Then um, what else? There were, it, it depends on the committee, but more or less they were the, the basic committees. And how we understood this is that that what they are trying is that you don't need to um, go, like for example, to an enterprise or a, 
or a business or pay for something when you have a problem or go to the uh, state uh, uh, institutions. Ah, the, yeah, the other committee that is very important is the conflict resolution committee or something like this. No? This was one that we were visiting more. And, and it's very interesting because they are really trying to avoid to create again a um, justice system like the, the state one. No? And they still have these tribunals, like normal tribunal, and every person can choose somehow if, if you don't really believe in these uh, committees of, of consensus or something like this would be the translation. You can go to the tribunal, but the the first step that uh, they try that you, I mean, in your neighborhood, and they try that everybody use these comments, you know? And um, I cannot say that everybody is using this, and they are still, because we were in Kamishlo, that it's uh, a city where there are uh, different people living there. There are Arabs, uh, Turkmans, they are Christians, uh, Muslims, and so on. So not all of them are using this and not, not all of them believe in this way of organizing. No? But uh, what we could see is that a lot of people recognize this as something important. And this maybe is uh, one of the more interesting things. Then, uh, the, how would I, I would explain like every area of life is organized, no? but not in a sense of it's difficult because <laughs> my English is not good enough. But um, the thing is, um, for example, these uh, res conflict resolutions committees, they have different levels of it. We were uh, in the level of communes, which is the level of uh, some streets, not not uh, and not a neighborhood, but some streets. And normally in, in these places, what we saw is that there are like uh, old uh, women and men and that they are already like uh, they already have a kind of authority on on that people uh, know that they are able to solve the problems because the the woman that we 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 met more she is like she's a like 50 60 years old woman and she's this kind of very like uh, calm woman uh, that knows everybody in her neighborhood and she knows the problem and she's able to talk with people from different backgrounds and so on so she was choose to do this, and she she was the like head of co, co head would be, uh, would I say because they always choose these men and women uh, co representatives somehow, and then she also was the head of the committee of conflicts, but only in the only for women, no. And these uh, only feminine committees they solve all the problems that have something to do with the gender issue. No? For example, um, yeah, like marriage uh, that are forced or um, yeah, gender violence or stuff like this. And they are all women and also um, mainly old women with uh, this authority and this... Uh, Just on that, uh, a lot has been made of the uh, the YPJ and Auckland's, uh, I guess, emphasis on there being equal representation or even majority representation of women in all institutions in in Kurdistan and in in particular in Rojava, from what you're saying there, that seems to be uh, something that is being put into practice, and there is um, you know gender equality is definitely being addressed in Rojava. Is that what you witnessed? 
I would say it's very different what you can see in the families or in the society that you still, if you are, if you, if you spend time with a family, you still see a lot of these gender roles. But then in the, all these uh, institutions that they are creating, um, you see this uh, gender equality formally because they, they say that there, there is um, always it has to be the same number of women than the same number of men. But it's true that, for example, what I saw is that uh, still men talk more than women and stuff like this. Uh, still women are not kind of empowered to to yet raise the voice or to say to say what they think. And and this is something I think they they still have to to do a lot of work. And it's not something that you can solve in three years, no, four years that they have done this revolution. But the intention, the intention is there, and compared to other uh, Middle East uh, com- countries that at least I have visited, it's really another world. And compared to our uh, organization, our movements, we are, we have the same kind of problems. Still, men talk more than women so, and stuff like this. So I wouldn't say it's perfect, but I I also wouldn't say. It's uh, worse than what we have, we have here, somehow. This year marked uh, 80 years since the uh, so-called Spanish Civil War and the rise of the dictatorship of Franco. Many uh, have drawn a comparison between uh, what is taking place now in Syria and in uh, particular in Rojava and the, the Kurdish revolution with their resistance to ISIS. Uh, they've made a comparison between that and uh, the Spanish Civil War, of course, with the CNT and the FAI and their resistance to the fascists in Spain. Do you think, uh, I guess, from uh, a personal perspective of being someone who, uh, you know, is Catalan, but, uh, you know, obviously has spent time in Spain and lived in Spain and been involved in movements there, do you think that's a fair comparison, given specifically the, the call for the international brigades to visit Rojava and so forth? Do you think it's a fair comparison to say that it's almost a case of uh, history repeating itself in a way? Well, mm, yeah, I also have read this uh, Graeber <laughs> text that he was comparing. It's difficult. There are some big differences. I would say, for example, the... In, in Rojava, the private property has not been abolished, no? and and they have this pragmatic pragmatic view that they cannot force people to give their properties, but they can they have to do it when they want to do it. Otherwise, there would be like problems there. And in in the Catalan Revolution, the Spanish Revolution, uh, the the collectivization of lands and and factories was uh, forced, no, somehow. Even and it was an important point of the revolution of, of how the uh, Catalan revolution was defined. But what I think is very similar is the enthusiasm and the energy of the people. I have seen, I have talked with people about the Catalan and Spanish revolution. I have seen these typical documentaries and and the way people talk and the way people are so enthusiastic even though they are uh, facing a war or facing uh, difficulties i think this is very similar i really this is was one of the also very impressive things i saw in rojava and also i think the the participation of women uh, in the catalan revolution it was very important at the beginning but 
when the war started then they they the cnt and and other uh, and also communist organization they they told women to go to the on um, retaguardia i don't know how to say in english but to cook and clean and not uh, hanging a, a gun and so on and and in in rojava this is different i don't know what why but they are they really are they are trying that women and men do the same work not that women have to do like the woman stuff like cleaning and cooking for the fighters but women and men are fighting and then women and men have to cook or whatever no? and this is also i think an important difference and yeah and of course the catalan revolution was quite short no <laughs> yeah unfortunately but uh and rojava for the moment is is there yeah and certainly now, it, from the what you were saying earlier, it seems as though you know Catalan independence is on the rise, and there is this uh, solidarity movement between the people of Catalonia and uh, Rojava. Uh, what what sort of um, I guess solidarity or active solidarity is there between uh, you know the libertarian movement in in Catalonia and uh, Rojava, and and how does it uh, I guess affect the movement? Yeah, there, here there are some organizations like Kurdiskat and Plataforma Azadi, and that they are doing. Uh, they are friends of us, and we collaborate with them. And they are doing a lot of work of uh, like uh, publishing the news of the situation there and and organizing uh, demonstrations and concentrations in the uh, in front of the Turkish consulate and stuff like this and writing things and so on. And, and yeah, and also people from mainly in Baku, they they knew about this, uh, these organizations in Catalonia. So and they are also very interested in what is going on here. So there is, we also one of the reasons we went there is that we we wanted to be kind of bridge, no, between movements. But the um, we have some self criticism because solidarity somehow it's not sustainable sometimes. And it's very focused many times just in like uh, explaining what is happening there, which of course is important, but it, it, it's really a tired world because we, you cannot only explain what is happening there, no? you have to do something with this. And the, the thing that we are trying now is that uh, if we do a demonstration uh, to give support or to uh, earn some money to send there or whatever, and and it's just this. People get very disappointed, also us. So we want to try to create now uh, in these demonstrations or whatever, uh, create moments of uh, finding each other. I would say, and and that we can create around the subject of uh, giving support to the struggle in Kurdistan. We can create also a point of encounter somehow and we can create a, a, a place of reflection of uh, conversation of talking what are we doing here what what, we, what do we want to do which is the best way of helping places like there where they are struggling for this it's not only like giving them a voice but it's also that we take the responsibility of uh, fighting also here Perhaps the best solidarity is actually spreading the revolution internationally. 
I just finally I wanted to ask because the the PKK is still considered a terrorist organization even here in Australia in the United States and most of Europe uh, as of course uh, by extension the YPG and YPJ and so forth uh, here in Australia a, uh, a Kurdish Australian citizen has recently been charged with uh, terror related charges uh, simply for uh, visiting uh, well, allegedly visiting Rojava and, and covering uh, the events there as a journalist. Are you aware of uh, any comrades or even yourself that have faced uh, persecution from either the Spanish state or other European states for participating in solidarity or for visiting uh, Rojava? Yeah, yeah. Um, in It depends on the country. If there are some countries like Switzerland that you can go to fight with uh, YPG and there is no problem. But uh, in I know in Spain... Some people who has uh, fight with them, they they have some uh, charts now. Also, some people that they were not traveling to there, but they were uh, accused of helping PKK and collaborating with a terrorist uh, group and so on. And they are also facing some charts. For the moment, we don't have problem. We haven't done uh, like um, we haven't take, uh, taken a gun. I think this is the main problem in Spain if you go and fight. But there are many people that has been there, like journalists or people uh, doing first aid work or or uh, like us activists, but in the civil society and so on. And for the moment, I don't know. If, I think there has not been problem with this. But then in other countries, I know, well, when we were there, we met some people that they were really scared of coming back to their countries because they, they knew they would have problems then. So, yeah, it's, this is kind we want to be careful with this just because of this. No, you really never know. And, and in Spain, I don't know how much you know about this, but they are now doing this stuff of the anarchist uh, terrorism, terrorist groups, and they are uh, taking a lot of people to prison because of this, with this definition, and and yeah, so that's why yeah, all of us, we try to be careful. Certainly, just uh, very quickly, do you have any advice for people out there that may be watching what's happening in Rojava, or even watching uh, what's happening in other independence movements even in Catalonia, of uh, how to I guess, create effective solidarity. I mean, before you were talking about this, only so many times we can talk about these things and I guess we have to go out there and do them ourselves and put them into practice. But what what is some, I guess, advice uh, as someone who's traveled to Rojava and uh, tried to take some inspiration from those movements? What, what is some advice to uh, to people uh, out there and what, what can they do if they want to support these movements? Well, <laughs> I will repeat again the, <laughs> what you have said before, that the best help is to try to build up in our places uh, uh, autonomous regions, revolutionary movements, and and solidarity between the people who are trying to change this world that is really hostile and violent and good. And I will say maybe in countries like yours in Australia that uh, you maybe it's more difficult because you still are. Uh, rich country somehow and 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 I know in these places it's very difficult to find people who really want to really think that change, things has uh, must be changed in Spain it's easier because we already face a lot of social and economic problems even though this would this should not be the reason to do it 
But yeah, I think the most important thing is to find other people who are really who are really uh, worried about how the world is going somehow, and and I think the the best way to to start something like this is is trying is with our neighbors, no, and and first knowing who is living to in the house next to to you and. Yeah, and knowing each other and supporting each other. I think what I what I really loved of of a place like uh, Rojava is the is that the, there is still this community uh, feeling, no, and people still know each other. People still know that they can ask for help to the people who are living next in the door next to them. No?